I think I honestly got frustrated with like everyone I knew that was like in a band that was so talented and like was just like waiting for like all this stuff to happen for their mm -hmm. bands. You kind of have to just go out and get it. Hello and welcome to Where the Living Room Used to Be, a podcast about Rhode Island's music scene. Hey everyone, it's James. On this episode, I got to chat with Sarah Greenwell from Gym Shorts and Greensleeves. In our conversation, we cover much of her career, going all the way back to the atypical piano lessons she had growing up, up to the process of booking Jim Schwartz's tours for so many years. Plus, we discuss the status and thought behind the second Greensleeves album that is nearly finished. Of course, we also talk about how the new split she's doing with both these projects came about. Love You Funny officially comes out on February 17th with tapes available via Self Love Records and 7 Inches from Freeman Street Records. So as always, I hope you enjoy the episode, and please make sure to follow Where the Living Room Used to Be on Instagram to see some show photos and flyers from Sarah's time in music. I grew up in Rockland County. Um, okay. Like maybe 40 minutes outside Manhattan, like north of Manhattan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but you were pretty connected to the city. Like, how long were you there? Was it through? Um... I was there, like, pretty much from birth to, um, like, the end of high school. And then okay. I, I stayed, like, an extra year to do this program. And then I went to college in Brooklyn. And mm -hmm. then I moved to Texas for one very random year. And then <laughs> I moved home and then i moved to rhode island yeah what brought you to rhode island um well i just i kind of had like a group of friends that were from there and that had been like living in new york uh, okay for like a while and then they all kind of moved back to rhode island and when i got back from texas i was just visiting quite often and then mm -hmm. ended up starting the band in rhode island even though I was living in New York, but <laughs> with, with people from Rhode Island. Yeah. Okay. But what was your start in music? What did you, um, you know, come up with a, a musical family? Did you take uh, lessons or is it uh, like self-taught stuff or? Yeah. I mean, I grew up taking piano lessons, mm -hmm. which I was never very good at, I think, because the, the guy who taught me piano was kind of like con artist like oh wow <laughs> not really but he, he, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he would, like number all the um he didn't he never taught me really like how to play he just taught me how to like fake play which was like oh like i i would have liked to learn how to read music or you know mm -hmm. actually play the piano and instead he just would like show me like the exact finger like way to put your fingers i don't know oh, okay so like the keys were numbered instead of saying like this is like the yeah. scale of like you know gc whatever, yeah, just like yeah actually, actually <laughs> it's like three four whatever yeah okay but i just i just never felt like he put much time into teaching any mm -hmm. any of the students like how to actually play but 
And then I played the clarinet in um, in school for like nice a few years there. And I mean, other than that, like I didn't for guitar. I got a guitar in high school, and I was you know I took like a couple lessons with my teacher, my like fifth grade teacher, who was like surfer dude. And okay. Other than that, like I just had friends teach me certain songs and I was mostly self-taught by like um, tabs and stuff like that mm-hmm. for like the good portion of like the first five years of playing guitar and mm-hmm. any any like chord that I had to play, I would just avoid the song because I I didn't know how to play like um, bar chords. Oh, so, okay. Like, F in it or something, I would just be like, Oh, I didn't want to learn that song anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh until I started gym shorts, actually. I didn't really know how to play bar chords, but oh, okay. Did you play in bands uh before gym shorts or what was uh I played in one band in Austin and I pl- but I played keyboard in it, which um I don't play the keyboard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, that didn't last very long. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> and other than that, yeah, I hadn't I I did like um like theater performing when I was a kid, but other than that, like I never had really performed except when I was in college, I would go busking with like this person that I was dating. <laughs> oh, okay. So, so like I, I didn't have much experience. I kind of was just like I had so many talented friends and they were all in bands and I was really intrigued by music and, mm-hmm. you know, lo- like live music, especially, but, and I went to see people play quite often. And I think I got, I think I honestly got frustrated with like everyone I knew that was like in a band that was so talented and like, was just like waiting for like all this stuff to happen for their mm-hmm. bands. And you kind of have to just, go out and get it like you know mm-hmm. unfortunately i mean sometimes it does sometimes people get really lucky but you know you can make all this stuff happen for yourself and i was kind of just like look <laughs> you know like i'll try it i'm gonna try it because you guys are re- you know like i think i just kind of got inspired by that or frustrated mm-hmm. by it and then was like i gotta see if i can do this i don't yeah. know it's kind of a weird start but no, that's cool. And I identify with that. Like just my personality is very much like that as well of uh, just going out and, and doing these things. And, uh, you know, uh, whether it's with bands or starting a podcast or just, you know, have like a little bit of knowledge about it and then just go and do it and see what happens. And yeah, I've, um, you know, uh, I don't know, led me to here. So doing all right with it, you know, but uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned like learning some like surfy guitars, uh, you know, like. I'd say that Jim Shorts, you know, kind of pulls from a lot of different stuff, kind of has like some garagey sound, some surf, you know, sound to it. Um, like what were some of the influences that kind of went into that? And like, was it like an intentional thing when you were starting the bands? Um, Cause even that, I mean, I'll add another question that, or, you know, part of that question that it seems like from what I read that the start of Jim Shorts was pretty quick too, that you're just like, just met up with some friends of like, we're starting this band and you're just like, pulled it together you know that um but was there yeah. like a lot of thought of like we're gonna start a band that sounds like this for this reason or was it just because of the people that you pulled together at the beginning that like it just organically sounded that that way yeah i mean i started it with this one other person who you know is to be quite honest difficult for me to talk about because there's some like pretty intense just 
history there and uh okay that person is like a bad person for me personally mm -hmm. okay. but um, but so yeah i think like the but the start if i'm thinking about it like i've kind of blocked some of that out but the start i would say was like yeah we were just hanging out and like starting this new band and it was it kind it didn't start as a joke because like i think i I'm very jokey about a lot of stuff, but I do take a lot of things seriously. But I did want something like kind of lighthearted, fresh. Um, and so I think we were just kind of pulling. Basically, we had this idea to like make a band, like a punk band for like kids and tour like school gymnasiums, which you know, oh, okay. be invited to do nowadays. <laughs> but, um yeah, like I think that's kind of like what the inspiration was from. And then uh, I think we just kind of started writing songs together. And then, uh, yeah. And then, you know, gradually it just sort of evolved and became just kind of more my project. Oh, okay. Okay. And what year was this that it was around? 2012 2013 or something yeah which is crazy like i kind of you wrote in the email when we were talking um it's coming up on 10 years and i was like oh shit like kind of 10 years just kind of actually like oh, did it go by? <laughs> you know like yeah. people are like 10 years you know i don't know but i guess happy 10 anniversary or 11th anniversary i guess to us but yeah, we'll get you some, you know, balloons or something, you know. <laughs> uh, cool, yeah. Um, and then how quickly were you playing shows? I mean, was that drive to, like, get out there um, part of this? You know, like, once you had your first batch of songs, we were like, we're booking shows and, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, some of the inspiration that, you know, was, like, I had been living in Austin the year before uh -huh. or a year or two before. And um, I was... I didn't really ever grow up in like a, that. It's such like a music central city. And mm -hmm. I mean, so New York, but like this was kind of like everywhere was just had shows. And like I had gotten that taste of like playing live. And I think I was really excited by that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I just started booking shows around Providence. And then I just got totally obsessed. Mm -hmm. Like, I think like, I I kind of viewed the like game of booking as like like a game kind of how we were we were talking about games before but um yeah like I was just like I got to see like what mm -hmm. I can do. like I was trying to guess people's emails I was trying to like oh yeah yeah <laughs> like I was obsessed and I, and I thought it was fun cuz it's like you know a lot of people don't reply especially when you're starting out mm -hmm. um, but a lot of people do and like i i was surprised but also like really satisfied by like how much like how much you can actually just do for yourself mm -hmm. and you know I, I was our booking agent pretty much until like two or three years ago and now we have a great booking agent but it's like you know i i actually really enjoy i mean i hated it but i also really enjoyed it <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, do you remember your the first Jim Short show where it was? Okay, well, technically, the first Jim Short show was like at an open mic night at this burrito shop that I worked at. 
with like this kid on drums that I knew from high school. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Official one was, I believe, at the News Cafe on July 20th, I think. I actually just made a document. Sorry if this is boring, but I just made a document of like every show I've ever played. Really? Or like every show Jim Shorts has played, and then every show that I've like been like either playing in a different band or like working wow. at arranging. Like, so it was it's been cool. So I've been like have those dates fresh. I in mind. absolutely love that. I mean, obviously, as you can guess, since I host this podcast, I'm like a big music history nerd and like yeah. I'm a huge fan of the band Garrison and they did like a, a re-release of one of their records. And in that was this big insert and it was every show that they played, like where it was, the bands that they played with. It was just yes. the, like the raddest thing for me to just like read through, you know? So it's awesome that you did that. It's actually a big re- like regret of mine that I just never, like I kept like the tour stuff together, but like I just never really kept the records of the shows. But yeah, a lot of the bands I look up to like Braid knows every single show that they played. And yeah, it's just, it's really cool that you did that. So um, yeah, it's cool to like, just remember, like remember all the bands that we've played with too. And like, you know, see where people, mm-hmm. people are at now too. It's, it was, it was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, uh, with some of the um, the booking stuff, like, so how how did you go about that? I mean, did you connect with like a DIY community? Did it was it like where were you reaching out to? How were you reaching out to people? You know, like so it was it was like I think I started an Instagram when I was when I started when we started playing mm-hmm. shows. So it was not through Instagram, but it was honestly mostly through Facebook. And yeah, okay. I would, when we were starting to tour, I would go like I would spend hours just researching like, you know, bands that I looked up to that were like mm-hmm. touring bands. And then I would like look up their tour routes and I would like pretty much kind of try and base it off of that because they were, you know, relatively like the distance made sense, you know, like obviously mm-hmm. they were by like professional. So I would look up that and I would see where they played. And then I would try and get a bill together to like present to the venue or like, okay. So that like, it was like, yes, we're a new band, but like here we have these people that are like, I pretty much have this bill. So like, do you have the date open? Mm -hmm. And the way that I would try and get the, the bands, like, I don't, I don't know. I tried to just look up, bands on Bandcamp or like different you know who the who the people like sorry i'm having a hard time explaining it but like i would look up the like local venues in whatever state and then i'd see like who are these bands that i looked up to or friends bands that i saw were going through that town and i would see who they they were playing with and then like it was Mm -hmm. kind of like it was like well maybe that that band won't play with us yet but maybe the bands that open for that band in town yeah right? yeah well then like i would kind of try and look at like the fate like people's pride like past facebook events and see like how many people went to the show and like try and get the ones that had like the most people to come to the show because i thought well we don't know anyone there we can't bring anyone there so like mm-hmm. the aim was to try and i mean for for our first few tours that's how i kind of went about it Mm-hmm. that's great that's great uh, yeah again uh really identify with that it's really uh cool to see how much effort and uh just that the stuff seems like it's uh 
really working out for you. But, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, with some of the music, I'd love to just kind of run through some of the, the records that you made. Uh, so, um, with Jim Shorts, the, the first album was No Backseas, is that correct? That was like 2014. So um, what was the process of making that record? Was it like the first batch of songs that you had or did it kind of go into, um, you know, more refinement from that? Or, um, yeah, you know, how did that, that kind of go? Straight up the first batch of songs that we had, yeah. you know. Um, we recorded it at our practice space pretty much like live. and it's fun um those are like it's funny like to see the um progression of like the recordings from like mm-hmm. old recordings like i feel like finally now like these past few ones like not not to knock those ones but it's just like i feel like i i've, I've struggled with recording in the past because i'm like i feel like we're like a live band you know and mm-hmm. it's hard to like like capture that energy in recordings and so i'm i feel like there's two types of bands you know there's like the bands that you go see that when you see them live it reminds you of the recording Mm -hmm. and and then there's the bands where when you see when you listen to their recording it reminds you of them live Mm -hmm. probably more the second but yeah yeah so yeah did that one at the practice spot (laughs) No, that's cool. Uh, and yeah, since this is Rhode Island themed, you you know, you've done a ton of interviews over your career, but you probably ha- haven't had too many people want you to talk more about uh, your song, You Only Vill Once. Can yes. you talk about that one? Because uh, <laughs> I think it's just, a you know, like you have, I've, I've, you know, done a lot of research and a lot of people will comment about your song titles and the fun quirkiness. But, uh, you know, to me as, as a Rhode Islander, that one hits right on the head and you did a beautiful job with that. So, uh, you know, with you only Ville once, uh, <laughs> that, that's a good one. That's a good one. So <laughs> of two that I did not write. Uh, okay. Well, God <laughs> I, damn it. <laughs> I wrote the title. The you title did. Well, that's, I'm talking about the title. I'm talking just the, the title of the song, you know, because again, everyone talks about all, you know, Ding Dong Ditch and all these other songs that you've come up with, you know, but like the title of that is is spot on. It's, it's amazing. Well, so. <laughs> yeah, I was proud of the title, but <laughs> yeah, it was kind of everyone was like, YOLO, YOLO. It was like, that was like the time when everyone was saying YOLO. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> so I thought it was just funny, like play on words i mean that's yeah so i thought of you only bill once and then the other person kind of just took in wrote the rest of the song which was cool and and it's a great song i i um i think the lyrics are actually really good but um yeah yeah, we don't play it really yeah yeah no i just wanted i just wanted to shout it out just because of the title like looking at your whole collection of them uh it's just great um but yeah, I mean, pretty shortly after that, you did the Wet Willie EP, um, and uh, you know, this has some stuff that went on to the future uh, full length. You know, like Copycat was, you know, on um, on the later full length and stuff like that. But how was uh, that uh, that that recording process? And uh, was that something you know, like a lot of bands can kind of get caught up into of just trying to put out some new songs as you're just kind of like staying active and you know, in preparation for the the next full length? Is that, that kind of what that happened was- there? kind of like an ep where it was i think probably yeah i think it was probably like okay we 
want the, I mean there's been a lot of transitional phases like I think every time we record it's kind of new people are like okay you know, part of the band or or like have been touring with the band now so um I think that was kind of like a bit of a transitional phase but I think the idea there if I can it's 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 interesting to talk about this because it's forcing me to like really remember what the hell has happened in the course. <laughs> of um, I think that it was like actually the first two songs that we ever wrote, me and this okay. other person, and uh, so I guess those didn't go on the first album. Okay. <laughs> no. So then it was those two songs. Uh, burrito and uh hey do you wanna or something i don't know do you wanna that's the other song sorry this is embarrassing um but so those two songs and then two of like the newest songs that i had Mm -hmm. i had written for gym shorts and then so we just did the ep and then because one of those members became like bad person to me i wanted to re-record them yeah album because i was just like i want like i just wanted them to not be like attached Mm -hmm. that felt like important to me at the time if i'm being honest yeah yeah no i i i I get it you know um yeah um but yeah you know then knock knock came out 2018 that was your next full length um you know, from my view of the stuff, it seemed that it was a you know a little bit of a shift in sound. Maybe that was yeah from you know different people that were playing, but um, you know a little bit more melodic and like just the sound was bigger. So again, maybe just recording styles or whatever. Um, yeah, you know, like all nighter and gotta get away. Like they just has like this like big like bigger rock sound, you know, rather than just uh, you know straight ahead punk, you know. So, um, but yeah, so like was that uh, part of it? Like, did were, was that done as well as your, in your practice space, or did you go to a different studio, or did you well, you want it to be a bigger record? Um, we did that with um, this person Ben Smeta from this band Black Beach, that's from Boston, and okay. he. My my family has this cabin in the Berkshires, up in the Berkshires in Massachusetts. And so we kind of all went there for like three days and nice. recorded there, which was like really, really fun, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, there wasn't much service out there. So it's kind of like this little recording. Mm-hmm. And he did an awesome job in making it sound big and full. And I was I was really happy with those recordings.
when did you start getting more attention with with gym shorts? You know, it, it, to me, it seemed around that period, um, just from uh, stuff. But what, I could be absolutely wrong with that. But uh, was it uh, earlier than that, or you know, like when you st- you know started that, to solidify a little bit more? as like it got I easier, so. I guess. You know, <laughs> it got easier like when we had like a record and like mm-hmm. um, you know, I think like we were able and lucky enough to get on a lot of like local bills or local ish, like in this Mm -hmm. greater new England slash tri-state area, you know? Mm -hmm. So we were able to secure a lot of support slots for that. And I think that that kind of also really helped us, you know, because then people are like, Oh, you know, they're opening for this band, but which is, you know, really cool. Mm -hmm. And that, and I think that helped us tremendously, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, then uh, the next one was uh, a seven inch that you did, right? The ninety miles per hour seven inch uh, in twenty twenty. That's a great record, uh, great artwork, um, and uh, you made some videos to accompany both of the songs that are on there. Uh, those are. Awesome. I highly recommend uh, checking out Jim Short's uh, YouTube channel to uh, to check those out. But uh, yeah, I mean, for me specifically, like the Zero Thanksgiving was a like just phenomenal song and, and just a great video. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that song or, or either of the songs from the seven inch and uh, kind of what was yes. going on with that that release and, you know, releasing this in 2020. Uh, like it's funny it's like i'm starting to relax now that we we're like talking about like the like last few yeah yeah the recording because i'm like i have I, you know i have some really not that not that some of those people that i've played with in the past weren't great people but you know um yeah i just feel really lucky to like have really amazing supportive people just rec- to record it i mean we did that um that seven inch those recordings at big nice studio with Mm -hmm. Shane Parker. And um, yeah, that was just really fun. We just went in there for a few days after tour. So we were like pretty tight on and we had been the songs for a while and yeah, that was just a fun experience. And I made those two videos with these people that um, Dom and Ethan from Corey street studios and those were fun videos to make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just a great concept. Um so were you uh touring with, with James at the time or um no, or did, no, did he you just, just like me. Oh, okay. And then cool. uh, but it was like we just kind of right after we finished a tour kind of went into the studio with I him gotcha. Okay. It was pretty effortless, you know. Yeah. I mean, I do have to admit, as I always do with anyone that knows Casey Belisle, that I am a huge fan of his. He's uh, one of my drum crushes, is Casey. So, um, Casey, yeah, you know. he drums on the new single. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, um, yeah, he's just amazing uh, and just super nice guy and uh, super talented. But uh, yeah, can you talk about the new single and the new uh, seven inch and cassette? that you have coming out well i guess the the music is out but you have uh pre-orders available or depending on when you listen to this maybe it's available right now audience <laughs> but um you know you can pick up the seven inch or uh you know a, a cassette uh via self-love records um and who's doing the seven inch i 
Freeman Street. Freeman Street. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. But, can you talk about that? And then we'll get into kind of that transition into green sleeves, you know? So, yeah. So yeah, the gym shorts version is out now. And then the green sleeves version comes out February 17th, kind of with the full release. Cool. Um, and yeah, this project was fun for me because it was kind of, I, I went to James, I think during the pandemic, <laughs> not mm-hmm. like, not like immediately. I wasn't careless or irresponsible, but you know, because it was just me, I was able like for green sleeves at least, you know? Um, but I wrote this song, love you funny for gym shorts. And then I was trying to, I was doing a lot of green sleeves recording and this was kind of like a bit of a deviation from gym shorts, sort Mm -hmm. of, you know, like it's a little more melodic. It's a little more singing ish, right. You know, like it has like screamy or whatever. And so I was like, huh, I went, I was just like messing around trying to play it kind of in a green sleeve style one day. And I was like, oh, this could be kind of a cool release idea like to record the song in both styles mm-hmm. so that's what i did <laughs> mm-hmm. but um yeah i don't know i thought it was kind of cool just only because you know these projects are so different like if i'm yeah. being on green sleeves is kind of like this project that i kind of shied away from for let's say 10 years <laughs> um, okay probably like kind of truer to like the music I originally would have wanted to make, but I was, you know, younger. And I, I thought like, Oh no, like slow and sad means like boring. Like I oh, thought okay. everything I think like this is boring and it, it was honestly, and still is terrifying to play. <laughs> like yeah. I to play solo. It's vulnerable. It's like, I'm like so hyper aware of, like it feels like how I felt when I started gym shorts, but like times 10, mm-hmm. <laughs> like just terrifying. Um, so every time I like agree to play a show, I'm kind of like, Oh no, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, you know, my, my, I have just, I'm anxious until I, it's like over, but yeah, wow. to just push through it because I think it could be cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, since, you know, we're talking about green sleeves, like, uh, how is it like writing and, and recording those songs though? Is it more freeing? Like, you know, like when the audience isn't there and you can just kind of explore sounds because yes, it is a very different, um, vibe to Jim shorts. It's, um, you know, slower, more like melancholy, uh, kind of like dreamy folk stuff, however you want to categorize it. I mean, it's really, really amazing stuff. Um, but like, yeah, what is that? Like, is it, is it fun writing those songs? Like, is it freeing to write those songs? Um, yeah. I mean, it usually um, like is like the content is usually generated out of like sheer misery and trauma. So fun. I don't know if I would okay. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cathartic, definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah. In some ways, like, I feel like it's like um, it, releases it so that mm-hmm. I don't have to hang on to those feelings or okay, something. Yeah. So I think it's interesting because both projects is kind of the opposite too. It's like mm-hmm. with Jim, I love playing live. Like I love touring. I like 
and I think eventually I'll get there for green sleeves, but recording feels a little like harder for, or has historically felt harder for gym shirts. But um, with green sleeves, yeah, I've really enjoyed just being in there and it, it feels easier to translate green sleeves songs and have them come out like the way that I'm hearing them. Than okay. Than, than previous recordings of mine. Okay. And is it like truly a solo project? Like, are you doing everything with that or do you have other people on, on the recordings? So James has been on the recordings, like producing pretty much. So like I'll go in there and I'll put the guitars down and some of the stuff will like, will work out together like other little keyboard parts or other guitar parts. Um, And some of them, I'll layer in and then some of them chains will layer in whether I'm kind of there or not. Oh, okay. of, like how he mixes in. He's really been like amazing with adding kind of like these, like the ambiance to the song. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, so you have a, an album attractive nuisance uh, that came out in 2021. And yeah, I mean, a song that really stood out to me was behave. um, And it has a lot of kind of like what you uh, seem to be talking about right now, that there's just a lot of kind of like, I think it's, to me, it sounds sort of like a layered vocal kind of like sweeping vocals that comes around um, like towards like the middle of the song. Um, But it's like this, you know, delicate finger pick song. Uh, It just, it's, it really like cut through and, and like really hit me. So I appreciate you writing that. Um, yeah, that it, it, it's cool, you know, to, to hear that, that production, even just like listening to the album, it, that's a pretty, uh, diverse collection of stuff, you know, like, uh, like your instrumentation, even though, um, yes, it is like a solo project. It sounds like there's some, you know, like electric guitar, you know, uh, pieces that you have, um, not ordinary is another one that kind of like really stuck stuck out to me. Um, and that one was that an acoustic guitar that you were playing, or it sounded almost like a a not plugged in electric guitar or something like that, or like a hollow body or something. But like it, it just it was like just the roominess of it. Just just the production is is awesome. Your songwriting is great with it, you know. But like, um, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's actually this old um, resonator guitar. Oh, okay. Guitar that that someone gave to me and it has like changed. I mean, I, I asked to borrow it to record that song yeah. and they ended up it to me, which oh, cool. was amazing. But that guitar had, I wrote the second green sleeves album, which I don't know when will come out, but I wrote that pretty much on this guitar. Oh, okay. And, uh, it has, I believe changed my guitar playing my songwriting and everything i feel really grateful to have that guitar that's rad yeah uh, nice but sorry, that has nothing to do with the song but oh i mean you played it on that song right so there you go <laughs> uh uh that's cool so you have uh a new record is is it written is it recorded is it uh like where where's the status of that uh, so it is written and recorded oh, okay and I- just been i mean it it probably needs like one or two more days in the studio just to finish it up but okay just been i should just release it (laughs) yeah right now you just decided it (laughs) um yeah that one's it's gonna be called 
Migration Day. To about, you want to know why? It's kind yes, of yes, I do. So my dad, when he was little, um, had this little stuffed mouse, like a like a stuffed animal called Gratian that he named Gratian. Okay. This, this story makes me want to cry. Sorry, but um, he his mom like threw it out, and or he lost it, and okay. he had he has this day called Gratian Day, which is like in March or something. And <laughs> I should know the story better, but but like that he calls creation day and i think it's so sweet you know and this album's just about absolute just loss and grief so okay well i don't know it just really encapsulates that to me (laughs) so that's like the day that he like recognizes the the loss of that that like beloved creation day wow but he told me that because I I lost my stuffed animal on tour a couple of years ago, and I was like, I was like a wreck, like this yeah. stuff from like when I was a kid, and I was like beside myself, I, and I was like, you know, well into my twenties, and I think the people that I was on tour with at the time were like, what is going on? <laughs> but I was, yeah, I was miserable. I was so upset. That sucks to hear that that happened. I'm sorry, but uh, it's my fault, honestly. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a cool story, and it's cool to, um, I don't know. Yeah, just thank you for sharing that, and just you know, loving something so much. I think matters, and you know, recognizing those things, and I think that at least that's what kind of rings true to me. And yeah, you know, yeah, there can be stuff that gets tied up with that, but uh, sounds like an awesome record. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, one thing that's you know consistent and it seems that it's part of like the the gym shorts appeal is the art um you know like can you just talk a little bit about that you know like uh again w- like was it something that that you wanted to kind of have i mean you know for those that aren't familiar it's a lot of just like hand-drawn cartoony 
I might say kind of like garbage pail kids kind of stuff, you know, um, uh, and it ranges, but it's still like consistent across everything. It has that. So like, um, what was some of the thought that went into the artists that you worked with or what you're trying to get across with, with all of these pieces? Yeah. So I think like, so for no backsies and, um, knock, knock, we, uh, worked with Matt Trapp, who's from Rhode Island, played in Party Pigs. Couple oh, okay. Of bands. Um, and he's an incredible artist. And like, I think at first he was like, oh, he just drew something up and was like, here you go. And I was like, mm-hmm. what? This is so sick. Like, can you? And then I had asked him to do the next one and he, he had worked on the knock knock one. And, um, they're, they're amazing. And they, like it was kind of just like perfect fit you know it was mm-hmm. like just he just made these things and then we're like cool you know like it wasn't like this like hey i have this idea it's, i i don't know i kind of feel i mean sometimes i've i guess i've been like oh i have this idea can you do this kind of thing but for the most part i feel like with art for gym shorts i've kind of been like hey here's the songs or like here's the album here's the name mm-hmm. of it whatever kind of do your thing yeah yeah it's like i think that that's so this other artist jared um andrews who's from fort wayne indiana we played at his house one time and he had all this amazing art on his walls and and i was like this is incredible you know i was just really drawn to it he's mm-hmm. an incredible artist right yeah yeah like, who is this who made all this art and he's like me and I was like, oh, no way. You've got to do something. Like, we have to do something together. And he had made the flyer for the show and stuff. And he does all the flyers for this local um, venue, the Brass Rail in Fort Wayne. Oh, yeah. And they're, yeah. They're just cool. amazing. It's amazing. And so uh, he's done, like, a couple of T-shirt designs for us. He did the cover of 90 Miles Per Hour and back cover. And then he just did the Love You Funny cover. Cool. So yeah, he, and he's just like a pleasure to work with and mm-hmm. amazing too. So yeah, I felt I feel really lucky to like have connected with those artists in that way and have had them contribute their art to like our stuff. I don't know, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh and you also do like a lot of um kind of classic or like you do a lot of redesigns of some classic logos for a lot of the shirts, like uh Newport cigarettes and Dole and Bass Pro Shops and stuff like that. Is there something like, I just I love that stuff, you know? But I, I like I like for the podcast, I ripped off the brown logo um, and just made it where the living room used to be, you know. So I love all of those types of things as well. But uh, um, yeah, well, kind of what what went into that stuff, you know? I think like sometimes like if I've just seen like this old design of something, mm-hmm. I mean it's probably not right, you know. Like I feel like <laughs> doing that. I don't know. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, that's sick. Like, and it's kind of like similar to, or like there's some way to kind of like pun it out or something. Like yeah, the yeah. Dull one it says like pre premium brand or something under on the on the real logo, and I made yeah. it say. Like, premium band or something you know like, nice, nice. So, like i think yeah. if, sometimes if i see something i'm like oh that would be sick as like a gym tricks go which is yeah. like totally not fair but yeah that, that's kind of so those designs have been me mostly you know i i i use this site like called like 
<laughs> pick monkey. I don't have Photoshop. I okay. spent hours on this site trying not to pay for it. <laughs> and like <laughs> just like zooming in and like edit it. I don't know what I've done, but it's take it takes me like it would take somebody in Photoshop probably three minutes to do what I've done in like the span of like 15 hours. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and like way too many screenshots and saves and like my whole like desktop is like a mess. Yeah. Hey, what'd you get into it? I, I dig that, you know? So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah. Just a couple of questions left in this segment about your career. Um, yeah. I, I know that you've, uh, you've mentioned that you've had like a pretty, um, that you've had, you know, a, a good group of people that have, have played in the band. Are there, um, you know, anyone that you want to like shout out, you know, again, like Casey was on the, the new record. I know uh, Noah from Bocek did uh, one of the, I don't know, some of the last tours with you. I'm not sure how many, um, but yeah, are there any other like Rhode Islanders or people that you want to um, shout out? One of the guys from Joy Boys is, I can't remember his name, but is in, yeah, in the band Casey. as well. Yeah. yeah okay. So you know, like. Um, KC and Noah and Dante actually also from Bocek. Oh yeah. Okay. Base. So yeah, it's just been like really fun to play with them. And um, yeah, Casey, Casey Belial has also played drums in like the past year and a half, like on a, on a t little tour. Um, Jake from Chicago, Jake gold, uh, Alex from Soso glows. And Alex Orange Drink, he's played bass on a couple tours in the past few years. Um, yeah, I made this shirt recently, a, a new gym shirt yeah. shirt, which is like kind of my new favorite merch item, which kind of has like everyone that's been in the band or like toured with gym shorts in the past, like, you know, four or five years. Mm -hmm. And it kind of, it has like, it says Jim Shorts class of forever. And then you know, <laughs> it has everyone's kind of face like in a, in like a yearbook styling. Yeah. And, and underneath it has like their other projects. So oh, like, that's Max, awesome. Max on there and her project Vex and um, TJ, Andrew, you know, like, uh, so I really love that shirt because it's kind of like, you know, they're always, I, I feel so grateful for everyone's time that they've put into playing mm -hmm. with this band, you know, like, and they all are so talented and have their own stuff going on too. So I try, or I don't know, I think it's cool to like go get this t-shirt and then you can like kind of go home and look up all the other projects. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's awesome. I didn't realize that all the bands were there. I just saw the, you know, the photos and stuff like that, but that's cool yeah. that you included that. So, and, and what has it been like, uh, you know, with this, like, do you, um, come like with a song, like pretty, uh, together when you are like writing, uh, with the band, like, are you like, are all the parts there or, or is it like open to the people that you're playing with to add their own pieces? Like how, how much is like written by, by you, um, uh, for like gym shorts and stuff like that pretty much i'll write the song mm -hmm. like on the guitar write it me sing and the vocals you know yeah most most of the time when i bring it to the band it's like a pretty fleshed out idea of like mm -hmm. what the lyrics are and where and the structure and everything and the chords of the songs mm -hmm. and then i'll bring it there and I'll, we'll just play it a few times and like everyone kind of 
will add their own parts. And, you know, rarely I'll have, I'll hear like, I'll have like pre-established like kind of like this idea or this one little part that I hear a certain bass part or drum fill or, you know, something like that. But, or I'll have like a specific idea rarely about how I think it should start or something, you know, but, um, yeah, for the most part, that part is pretty like open to whoever's playing at the time. Um, mm-hmm. For like, like I I don't know. I mean, I also am not like a drummer or really a bass player, so it's not really for me to be like. I wouldn't be able to like communicate what I can hear anyway, you know. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah, and I think like I like like that's why I like playing with these course, people yeah. with different people you know it's like they put their own some, some it wouldn't be fun for me to just tell everyone exactly what to do all the time you know yeah yeah no that's cool um what is your greatest accomplishment tied to music up to this point um that is a deep question <laughs> um uh, I just feel, can I say what I feel like the most proud Absolutely. of? Yeah, yeah. I feel proud of like just ha- the experiences that I've had as a musician. Like I mm-hmm. think I feel like grateful that um, I've just been able to travel and see different parts of like the country and the world and be able to you know, do it in this way that feels really fulfilling and fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I think that I'm proud of the, uh, like, persistence that I've had through some, mm-hmm. like, pretty intense, like, just band e- experiences and interpersonal experiences, you know, like, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. proud of, like, the way that you know, you're constantly learning and there's like so many different situations. Like I'm sure that I could have done things better or certain things better in the past, but I think that I'm proud of like, for the most part of like the way that I've handled certain things and the way that, um, it, I just feel like it keeps progressing and that I keep growing and progressing to like, just be a better person and try to do the best that I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it's, a, it's a weird thing. I, I, I don't think I've told you, but like I've been playing in bands for decades and torn toured for like 10 years as well. And it's a weird thing, you know, you know, going out there and we booked our own shows. I booked our own tours and um, it's a much different thing. Like what actually happens out there um, on the road and, you know, the just, yeah, what you're talking about, like being with the same people in a van and sleeping on floors and, you know, shows up and downs and, uh yeah it's just a it's a different thing and then coming back and everyone's like oh you're on tour you got to do this thing it's like yeah you know but it was like so much went into like that opening slot or so much you know like just what you know the the toll that kind of come from that you know um so it just seems that a lot of people don't really um understand that and i'm not expecting them to understand that but they just kind of skip ahead to like where you are like right now you know and they're like oh sarah just did this that's awesome it's like yeah but it's been 10 years you know <laughs> like of all this other stuff you know um so uh yeah it's just it's it's cool and and you should you should be absolutely proud of of that stuff you know it's 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 um uh, you know uh, a huge accomplishment to uh to do what you've done um so yeah thank you but 
Yes, Sarah Greenwell, thank you so much for taking the time to talk about your career. Um, you know, everyone, please check out the new release, uh, Love You Funny, which uh, is uh, going to be fully available uh, February 17th, uh, and then along with a 7-inch and a cassette. Uh, please pick those up, uh, you know, as everyone that is listening is probably annoyed by me talking about of like actually buying music and supporting people and buying physical copies like really matters to artists and to record labels um, that helps them you know play more shows and uh, put out other records so um, you know please support gym shorts and green sleeves and and the labels uh, but yes thank you so much Sarah it's uh, great to uh, talk to you about your career thank you very 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 much I'm gonna kill you baby with my Gonna die.